All right, Beth mentioned feed one in one day. You're like, what on earth? Feed one, one day, what's going on here? Two things, one purpose. It's about feeding children. One day to feed the world. We've all been asking God for the last month, what would you have us to do sacrificially together today to give to help annihilate hunger on behalf of children? And we've prayed about that. And uh, we'll bless that offering at the end of the day. We're dropping it in. Whatever is designated as Convoy of Hope, feeding children one day, however you need to designate it, we're going to collect it. We're going to total it. We're going to send it to feed kids. Every dime goes out from this place to feed children. Amen? Every dime goes out. The other thing many of us have been partnering with as well for uh, over a year now, about a year and three months, it's Feed One. It's a, a, an initiative of Convoy of Hope where specifically... It's only $10 to feed a child for an entire month. And how many wish you could feed your own children for $10 for a month? If you want to partner with that as well, on top of what you're doing today, at the Welcome Center, we've got several ladies that are back there to help you after service is over. If you will fill out your address information, and it's got a place if you want to do it on a credit card or do it with a debit card, you can fill it in, and then you can select how many children you want to support on a monthly basis. One kid is 10, two or 20, you can do the math. It's pretty simple. You just sign that, pull off the tab so you remember how many you're keeping. We've got sealed envelopes. You're going to put them in that envelope. We've got our name Faith Chapel on the top so that they'll know all these came from Faith Chapel. We're going to put them in an envelope. We're going to take all the sealed envelopes, put them together. We're going to send them to Convoy. And beginning next month, you will start supporting however many children you sign up for. It's that simple. After they input your information, they shred the paperwork. They've got all the information about that. They shred it. They don't keep it. If you're out there going, PB, I'm already taking care of one child. I want to add another child this year. I want to do that. S same concept. Just sign the form and say, I'm already a supporter. We want to add one more child this year, 10 more dollars a month. Just write it on there. We'll put it in an envelope and you'll notice when, if you've been debited $10 a month or $50 a month, you'll see that it'll go up. It's that simple, okay? And what we'll do is uh, if, when you fill that out, if you'll simply just write on the outside of the envelope how many children you're supporting, one, two, three, four, five, whatever it is, we'll add that up just so we know how many children we're starting to support on a monthly basis. And this week, we will let you know what the offering was and we'll let you know how many monthly commitments we have because it's not about the money. Right. It's about the kids. It's about the, this is a miraculous Sunday. So thank you, Beth. Isn't this a great day? It's a miraculous Sunday. Now, I'm not going to preach long. I've said that before, but I'm actually telling you the truth this time because I think the Holy Spirit's already doing what he wants to do today. And so I will more than, I'm, I'm excited about sharing a couple things that I have for you. Um, I had quite a bit prepared. We don't have time for all of it, and I'm completely cool with that, okay? So why don't I just share a couple of things because I love being your pastor, and I love just sharing some things with you from time to time that I just think are intriguing. I have noticed on my own Facebook page, I can talk about the goodness of God, the blessings of God, the kingdom of God, what God does for us, and it can get so many responses, it blows my mind. People will share it, people will like it, people will comment it, because we love what God does for us. This week, I have made it deliberate to post about giving and sharing and not living for ourselves, and it's like crickets. 
And I don't go through Facebook. Um, I, I don't go through feeling confident about myself because of Facebook. I don't feel devalued about myself because of Facebook. Not at all. I use Facebook as a forum to promote Jesus. That's what I use it for, and to make a bad joke from time to time. Other than that, I use it to promote Jesus, which, by the way, if you see arguments people get into, I stay away from that because I, I want people to hear me promoting Jesus because ultimately what this world needs is Jesus. But it's surprising to me when I can have 75 people like and a bunch of people love when I say there's no love but like the love of God, and it'll blow up. And then I can also say, if you want to enjoy real living, learn how to be a kingdom giving person. Nothing. One like, two like, which shows me how much we all battle selfishness. Now you might be going, PB, I don't even follow your Facebook page, so you're not talking about me. That's fine. I'm sharing an observation because there are a bunch of people that do follow that site. And it's interesting to me, the lack of connecting with that, which shows me there's an underlying issue within the kingdom of God that we don't really understand what giving is all about. We love that God so loved the world that he gave. We love that he's promised, I'm going to give it back to you, pressed down, shaken together, running over. We love the verses that says, your cup is going to overflow. How many of you like that? I'm the head and not the tail. And I pray that you prosper even as your soul prospers. And Abraham was blessed and Isaac was blessed and Jacob was blessed. And I carry the same spiritual DNA and I am blessed. And we boo, get excited about that. But I'm blessed not so I can keep it. I'm blessed so that I can share it. I'm blessed so that it can be released through me. It's real. I mean, if you want to test your own selfishness, all right, are you willing to give your own money the way that you're willing to give somebody else's money? Have you ever heard about somebody else coming into money and you know how they should spend it? Okay. But you think, boy, if that happened to me, I, I've got this and I've got that. And I, I'll tell you this secret, but I'll, you know, it's secret. It's on WebStream, Facebook Live, and here we are today. But I'll share it with you. We had a lady that attended our church years ago, and, and uh, I don't even, I haven't even looked at the financial giving. I don't know, I don't have a clue what you gave last year. I know what the church gave. I don't have a clue what you gave last year. Um, but I remember several years ago, it was something I had to be more involved in at time to time with the treasury report. And there was this lady that came up to me and she said, I want you to know when I win the lottery, the building's going to be taken care of for Faith Chapel. I'm going to buy the building. And I looked at her and said, you're not telling me the truth. And she said, why would you say that? And I go, because you don't tithe. Now, they weren't at the church much longer. And I don't know why that would bother her. I don't know why she would be upset about that. If she was a tither, they were living on the most miraculous paycheck that has ever been lived upon in the history of the earth. I, I mean, it was truly miraculous if that was their tithe. I am telling you, money doesn't change us. It magnifies who we are. And if you're selfish with 10 bucks, you're going to be selfish with 1,000. And if you're selfish with a thousand, you're going to be selfish with a million. Money is, matter of fact, Deion Sanders, how many of you remember prime time? Deion Sanders has a quote from the book that he released when he was in the NFL. After he had, after he had, had an encounter with Jesus, he made this great st statement. He said, money didn't change me. It magnified who I already was. I was already that person, but now I had greater access to the things that I wanted to do because of money. And there are times... 
And I remember looking back and Beth and I living on nothing when we were first traveling as evangelists, and I mean nothing. It was a, it was a difficult time. And saying, God, we want to give more. And all we knew is we could be faithful with what he had given. Do you remember the day that we had to write a $5 tithe check? I've been pre- up preaching in a big, the big town of Tarkio, Missouri. How many of you have ever heard of that town? Tarkio, how many of you are like, I don't really care if I ever hear of Tarkio, I'd been up there. I drove out from here, drove all the way up. It's up in the northwest corner. It's north of where the Pony Express was. It's north of St. Joe. And I'd done revival up there. I'd been up there for a full week. Preached Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, morning, Sunday night. That's, that's quite a bit of time. Driving from here to there. And at the end of the week, they handed me a check for $50. And said, here, you know, they called it a love offering. And I'm like, there wasn't a lot of love in that offering. How many know that? How many know there's not a lot of love in a $50 offering? I remember somebody saying, what do you do full time? And I thought to myself, what do you think, what do I do full time? I've been here for the last, and this, I, it just, it was amazing how they just didn't process that. And just the lack of generosity, which one, by the way, was cultural shaping for us that we are always going to be generous with those that God brings to us because we actually believe in honor. Honor's a big thing in the kingdom of heaven. And I remember, I, this is, we didn't have a cell phone and those that had them, they were all connected to a bag. How many remember the bag phone? When you, you, know, you take it out of the car and you throw it over your shoulder to take it in, charge it up at night, the old bag phone. And I stopped in Lee Summit, Missouri on my way back. They're like, do you want to spend one more night? I thought, I, don't, I can't get out of here quickly enough, right? I'm shaking the dust from my feet and I'm moving on. And we were broke. And I called Beth and Lee Summit, collect call from one of those things that used to be in a parking lot. And they had this receiver with a magical cord. You remember those things? And I pulled over and, and called her and said, honey, we only got $50 this week. I don't know how we're going to make it. And she was this great woman of faith. She's like, God's our provider. He knows we have rent. He's going to take care of us. We can trust in him. Don't worry about it. Just get home. Be safe. Just get home. So I hang up the phone. Now, what I don't know is that after she got off the phone, she called her mom and dad. Mom and dad, Brad got $50. I don't even know how we're going to make it this week. And they're like, God is faithful. He's going to take care of you. And that wasn't a hint to our in-laws. How many hate it when people give people hints about their finances? My father-in-law, he never catches a hint. If you need money, you got to flat out ask him, Ben, I am broke. Can you give me $100? No, hints don't work. He he said he'd pray. He really meant it. He didn't mean he was going to send any money. All right. I got home. We prayed. And the next morning, the first thing that I did was I wrote a $5 check. Because I'm a minister in the Northern Missouri District of the Assemblies of God. And I wrote a $5 check and dropped it in the mail to send it to my district to pay tithe. Because there's no way we're going to make it on $50 a month. But if you'll bring God into your finances, you'll make it on $45. You, you will. And I, when I stand before people, and they're like, you don't know how broke we are, you don't know how tight it is. I know, we've walked it, and we continue to stretch the limits of our faith, and we watch God be faithful. Where are you going with this, PB? I don't know why I feel like I'm compelled to do this, but I feel like I'm supposed to. I remember we were like, we want to be givers. We want to, we want to do more. We want to do more. God is so faithful that the check that we've written for one day to feed the world is more than half of what we earned in 1995 as a young couple. I'm telling you, if you will step out in generosity and just keep walking it out, He will do things that are so beyond your finances. There are so many of you, you make so much more money than I do. I'm telling you, you do. 
But we keep sowing and we keep giving and he keeps blessing us in ways that we don't even think are humanly possible. It's absolutely amazing. Now, I hope you're not upset with me sharing that with you. I, I want you to partner with generosity. It's going to bless your life. And when you do what Jesus has called us to do, uh, James 1.27, many of you can quote it. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. When you'll make those things that are on God's heart, your heart, you'll see miracles happen. You will. You got to walk it out. You got to step it out. And there are days it is really tough. I remember the day we had canned yams because that's all that was left in the pantry. And I remember thinking, oh, dear Jesus, canned yams. I don't even like uncanned yams, let alone canned yams. And there are still days that are difficult. But if you'll push it, you'll watch God do amazing things for you. This is a miraculous day because when you partner with feeding children, you're moving the heart of the Father. It's a beautiful thing, all right? That's it. I've got one point I'm going to share with you. I didn't share that with the first service, by the way. I felt like I was supposed to share that with you, and I guess anybody else that connected online, and some people might not even like it online, but that's perfectly okay, isn't it? God gives to givers. He's generous, and he calls us to be generous. Can I get an amen on that? If you came in here going, I'm not given to one day to feed the world, I need to feed my world. If you're doing that, you're going to miss out on the blessings of God. I challenge you to just do something. If you can't do everything you want to do, do something and watch what God will do for you. All right? Let me, let me give you a few, a few thoughts and then we'll wrap up. You know, Pastor Noel Kenny's preaching next week. So you get a week off from me. Everybody deserves a week off from me every once in a while. And bringing in our friend from Ireland to preach. If you're planning on being gone next week, rearrange your schedule. Because this brother can bring it. And it's going to be a great time. Okay? So make sure you're here next week. Here's some things for review for you. We've talked about foundations for the last few weeks. Uh, let's go through them as quickly as we can here. Amber, give me the first one. Number one, we're a church of his presence. We don't always sing and worship for 50 minutes. But we did today. Because that's where we felt like we were supposed to be. And the Lord gave us a vision of angels walking and surrounding us. That happens if you choose to be a church of his presence first. And you're not so worried about the time clock. We can make adjustments. We know we all have a limited amount of time. We can make adjustments with that. We want to be a church of his presence first. Number two, one moment in his presence can change everything. We had three people come up and testify to instant healing in their knees. We had Mark who was too lazy to come up, but he raised his hand from the back. Okay, it's a lazy testimony, but we still receive that testimony. And did anybody else receive their knee healed? Did, oh my goodness, Wayne, Dave Cairo, is that you? And Wayne Goodlett, anybody else that received knee healing today? That's four, that's five, that's six people that received instant healing in their knees today, guys. That's amazing. Who had their sinuses opened up or their sense of smell opened up? I am dying to know that. Was that for you today? Are you in here? Kevin, are you, are you, are you, can you, is that sense of smell back? You can smell the coffee in the back and you could not have done that before that word. That's an encouragement to her. We want it when we're battling stuff. We want to know that healing is happening. 
So his, he, he said this has already been coming back, but since he's come in here today, he's smelling the coffee from the back of our auditorium. Now, those of us that are here, we know that's not five miles away, but if your nose hasn't been working, that's miraculous. That's abs You know how I knew to call that out, by the way? All of a sudden, it just started to smell like downy when you, when you first take the laundry out of the dryer and it's fluffy and it smells good. You know what I'm talking about? That just started, and I'm like, Lord, what on earth? And he's like, call out a sense of smell that people can smell. I'm restoring, that's, I mean, just that, it's just that simple. One moment in his presence can change everything. Number three, spiritual sensitivity is normal for believers. I guess we just talked about that, didn't we? Number four, signs and wonders leave us wondering about God. And number five, rivers of living water flow from our inner man. We talked about this a lot last week, but I want to give you two observations. I think it's important. Number one, this truth, this truth that rivers of living water flow from us, it's such a dividing line in our lives that Jesus actually screamed it out at the Feast of Tabernacles. And number two, if our teaching about Jesus doesn't include what Jesus actually taught, then it's tradition or religion driven rather than spirit driven. Now, I talked about this at length last week, and we looked through all the verses, and if you're in here today and you're like, it is 1223, these people don't love God, they haven't even opened their Bibles. Okay, hopefully you know that we love God. And man, God's word is sharper than a two-edged sword, and it divides, and a man needs to show himself approved, and he needs to study the word of God. But we have preached this, and we have given all the verses for the last few weeks. We're just reviewing for a second. But I do wanna tell you this, Jesus screamed this out on the last day of the Feast of Tabernacles. From your belly, rivers of living water will flow. And he screamed it out, and two things happened. The religious crowd wanted to kill him for it. And those that were falling in love with him, or at least captivated by his ministry, they went, is he a prophet, or is he the Messiah? Is he the prophet or is he the Messiah? They, they couldn't quite discern which one he was, but they knew he was of God. I think it's interesting. When you communicate this message that from your inner man, rivers of living water flow, you're going to get one of two reactions. The religious spirit wants to kill the movement of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit that is in us leaps up and says, yes, Lord, more. What I'm preaching right now is rejected in some churches across our country. A lot of churches across our country will quote the verse, but we'll miss out on the application that you carry the presence of the Holy Spirit. Do you know why a miracle can happen when Frank walks in the room? It's not just because he's stunningly handsome. It's because he carries the presence of the Holy Spirit. You want to know why a miracle can happen when Grayson comes in the room? It's because the Holy Spirit lives in him, not because he's perfect. He's not perfect. But the presence of the Holy Spirit is in his life. And from our own belly, rivers of living water flow. Jesus shared this with a Samaritan woman. He said, if you'll drink from the river that I'm providing, not only are you not going to be thirsty anymore, but rivers are going to flow from your inner man, which does what? Quenches the thirst of others, meets the need of others. So when we talk about language at Faith Chapel, rivers of living water flow from you. I believe it. I believe scripture teaches it. I believe Jesus teaches it. And I want you to know that you carry that every day, everywhere you go. You're not tradition driven. You're not religious driven. You don't have to get to the house of God to have a miracle. You are the house of God. Come on. A miracle happens through you. You give me five extra minutes today?
Thank you. I want to tell you what happened on Monday. I was dropping Sophia off for uh, fine arts practice down here at church. They were at, what is it? Is it human video on Monday nights that they're practicing? I'm dropping her off. Do you ever have a moment where you just want to just get in and out? You ever been there? You're like, you don't even want to walk into the grocery store because you're worried somebody's going to catch you. You're like, I really desperately need to get toilet paper for the house, but I don't know if it's worth stopping, right? Because you don't want somebody to grab you. And Monday night, I was just kind of in a mood. It's not that I don't love people, but I just didn't want to love them at that time. How many know what I'm talking about? I'm like, I wanted to drop Sophia off. So I pulled up and I am pushing her out the door. I'm like, I, you know, I just, I just want to get, I love everybody here, but not so much right now. Just want to have a minute to myself. And Karen Grimshaw is pulling up in the van. And she has a van because they have 753 children, but she's, she's pulling up in the van. And their daughter Ashton is a gymnast. She's a great gymnast. And if you're on Facebook, friend uh, Karen on Facebook, you can see lots of video of Ashton on balance beams and flipping and doing all this crazy stuff. Very gifted. But in that sport, it comes with some injury from time to time to the joints, to the knees, ankles, the wrists from time to time. I don't know what it is. I seem to have great faith for joints to be healed. I'm not talking Doobie Brothers. I'm talking about the joints in, in your body, okay? I seem to have, I don't know why, I seem to have great faith for that. I also don't know why Ashton seems to believe that anytime I pray for her, she's going to be fine. And so that combination, it just seems like she'll drop, Pastor Brad, I hurt, my, I hurt my elbow this week. In Jesus' name be healed. Oh, thanks, Pastor Brad. It's great. And she walks on. It's, it's just the weirdest thing. So I'm dropping Sophie off. I'm trying to get away. Karen stops, rolls down. She didn't even get out of her van. I got out of my car. She didn't get out of her car. She points at me. Hey, Ashton needs prayer. And I thought, well, Lottie freaking da. Pray for Ashton. You're her mom. You're her covering. Where's your husband? He needs to start carrying some weight around here. Can I get an amen? Who am I? Dial a prophet? Dial a healer, right? I mean... I wasn't into it. I'm like, Ashton, come here. What's wrong? Well, I've hurt my left ankle. And I'm thinking to myself, we just got your, your wrist healed a week ago. Can't you stay healed? Keep your healing, for crying out loud. And you know what? I didn't even bend all the way down. I kind of gave her like a partial bend. I'm like, Lord, I just ask you to touch this ankle in Jesus' name. Amen. Ashton, take a step. And she took a step, and she took two or three, and this huge smile comes to her face. She goes, it's completely healed, Pastor Brad. She goes, it feels better than the other one. I said, I'm not praying for the other one. <laughs> and I got in the car, and I left. All right. What is your point? First of all, to show you that I'm just as evil as you are. You ever get a prayer request, and you're thinking, why do I have to pray for you? I need you to pray for me. Have you ever, have you ever had that horrible thought? Okay. So I... But also, rivers of living water aren't based on feeling. They're based on revelation. You have it. We are trying to make our first response be a prayer and faith response. We're trying. When Sophia might be battling a stomach moment, we are working diligently at first response. God, in Jesus' name, release healing into her body. We're trying. We don't always get it, but we're trying. But I'm here to tell you, I believe there's great hope for our community because you are the hope, because of what you carry. Here's this, the thought I shared with the, the early service today. I'm going to share it with you now. Number six, children do not receive a smaller Holy Spirit. 
okay? They don't receive a smaller Holy Spirit. And I don't know why we're like, I just love children's ministry, and they're just so precious, and they're so cute, and isn't it neat that they learned about Nicodemus today, and it's just so precious. Jesus doesn't see it as just so precious. He sees it as just so powerful. Now, it, precious and powerful can go hand in hand, but it's absolutely amazing. Look in Acts chapter 2, verses 38 to 39. The apostle uh, Simon Peter preached on the day of Pentecost, and toward the end of his message, he shares this. Repent, each one of you, be baptized in the name of Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins. What does he say? You will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Who will? You will. Well, who were they? They were the Jews that gathered to hear the message that he preached. So if we'll repent, then we receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. By the way, I find that fascinating. That's not what I was taught growing up in church. I was taught that if I repent, I get to go to heaven and I receive salvation. I wasn't taught that when I repent, I receive the Holy Spirit. It, isn't it funny how we'll teach something that doesn't line up with Scripture? But anyway, when you repent and you give your life to Jesus, your body's a temple of the Holy Spirit, so he moves in. How many know that the Holy Spirit moved into your life the day you accepted Christ? So he said, if you'll, if you'll do this, you will receive. Now, here's what's interesting. Who was he talking to? He was talking to Jews from all over the region that had gathered for the Feast of Tabernacles. So you could say, contextually, he was talking to Jewish people, Jewish adults. And you would be absolutely right. But he goes on to say, this promise is for you and your children. Now, for whatever reason, in that culture, children weren't really celebrated. They weren't an annoyance, but they weren't necessarily celebrated, but you celebrate bar, celebrate bar mitzvah and bat mitzvah, that you celebrate. Because when they are old enough to be an adult, that is worth celebrating. Now, I, I get that. I get when it's cool to celebrate when they can take some responsibility. Can I get an amen? But the Lord, through Simon Peter, wanted them to know that the Holy Spirit's not just for the adults, the Holy Spirit's for the children, and then for those who are far off. Who's that? Well, Christian Hedgecourt is all the way at the back of the cafe. So is the Holy Spirit also for Christian Hedgecourt today? You bet. But we're not talking about distance and proximity. Actually, this was kind of a key phrase for Gentiles. Because they believed the Gentiles were far off from God. The, Israel, the Jews were close, but Gentiles were far off. So we've got, a, we've got a promise for all of us. If you're a Jew that repents and looks to Jesus, you can be filled with his Holy Spirit. If you're a child that turns to Jesus, you can be filled with his Holy Spirit. And by the way, if you're not Jewish at all, but you look to Jesus, you can be filled with his Holy Spirit as many as the Lord our God himself will call Come on, hallelujah. Children get the same Holy Spirit adults do, and it's powerful. There's something that's amazing in the atmosphere when I pray by faith. There is. I've got the promises of God, but there's something amazing in the atmosphere when Beth and I come into agreement and we pray by faith. But you know what's really, really powerful? When Beth and Emma and Sophia and I come into agreement. When you bring the generations together, when you release the children to walk in the fullness of the Lord, look out world, you're going to be conquered. Let me give you one more verse and then I'll pray for you. Matthew 19, 13 through 15 says this. It's another verse, of course, about children. 
It says children were brought to him so that he might lay his hands on them and pray. And the disciples rebuked them. What a word. They literally used the same word for rebuking devils to rebuke parents from bringing the children to Jesus. Talk about a bunch of, how many feel like you've been a disciple of Christ for a while and you still don't get it? <laughs> but at least you didn't rebuke the children for wanting more of the Lord, right? They're rebuking the children. And Jesus said, let the children alone. Have you ever said, get your hands off me? Let me, let me go there. Have you ever said, get your hands off my dessert? Or something like, hey, those are my chocolate-covered strawberries. You know what I'm talking about? I've got three beautiful women that live in my home, my daughters and my wife, and I love getting my wife chocolate-covered strawberries, primarily because she's beautiful, and secondly, because I always ask them to put two extra ones in the box that I get to eat on the way home before I've even arrived. I'm like, I want a pound of strawberries plus four ounces, please. And we'll take care of the four ounces on the way home. But we get home, and I'm telling you what, if somebody comes downstairs and they reach for that, you're not supposed to get into mama's chocolate-covered strawberries. Can I get a hallelujah out there? I mean, I might love all my girls, but if that's mama's box, that's mama's box. How I many you know what I'm talking about? I mean, we are loyal to Jesus, coffee, and chocolate. Can I get an amen? The, the Trinity right there, moving and operating in our lives. Now, there's times you'll say, get your hands off. That's kind of what Jesus is saying. Jesus is looking at his disciples, get your hands off. Stop it. Leave them alone. Don't hinder them from coming to me. This is what we'll stop with today. For the kingdom of heaven belongs to these. To who? Children. Come on, church. You're faith chapel people. What's the Greek word for kingdom? Basilia. Basilia means the scepter of authority. A king's authority is not in his castle. His authority is revealed, in, it's in his bloodline, but it's revealed in that scepter. Jesus is saying to us, don't you understand, children, come on, catch this, children carry the authority of heaven. Children carry the, hey, it's a great time for Lucas to say amen. All right? We're not even worried about that. That's the perfect moment. Children carry the authority of heaven. I've got a thought that I'll put up here, and then we'll have you stand. If you want to win a spiritual battle, release your children to pray from their heart to our king. If you want to win a spiritual battle, release your children to pray. Train them to pray. Pray with them. Pray in front of them. Ask them to pray with you, and not just for a meal. Anybody else tired of meal prayers that we already have memorized and God's so bored with them he can hardly take it anymore? You know what I'm talking about? He's up there going, I know in Jesus' name, thank you for this food, bless it to our bodies, amen. Right? He's like, just pray it at the grocery store, get it done with, you don't have to talk about it for another week. Okay? You sense my sarcasm? Just a little bit? Pray with your children. When, you, when your family needs a miracle... You can't bring them into every conversation, but there's nothing wrong with saying, guys, we need some direction from the Lord right now. Mom and dad are making a huge decision. Would you pray with us that God will speak to us? Bring them into it, not just because it's a great learning moment, and it is, but because when they pray from their heart, the authority of the kingdom will be released in your life 
And come on, that's cool stuff. Let's stand together. I'm going to bless you guys. We got a lot in with only going a little over. Um, I, I want to thank you already for whatever you're giving to one day to feed the world. I want to thank you for that. You remember when the Israelites came to the Red Sea and they're like, oh no, we're going to die. And then they went through the Red Sea and they're like, woohoo, God's good. Remember that? We can be that way too many times. I'm going to die on the one side and thank you, Jesus, on the other. We need to start trusting Jesus before we cross the Red Sea. Because he is our God before we've already walked through on dry ground. What are you saying, Pastor Brad? I'm saying we're believing for $80,000 this year at Faith Chapel for one day to feed the world. That's a number that's bigger than any of us. But it's because the Lord put 670 children on our heart. And I'll just let you know where I'm headed. I'm believing by God's grace for the day that Faith Chapel can take care of 1,000 children every year. And then why not believe for more? But that, that's what's on my heart. Um, you, I'm so proud of you. Last year, just offerings for orphans and widows that went through this place. You guys, guys, guys gave like $130,000 last year. Orphans and widows, orphans and widows. If you want to be blessed, you keep thinking orphans and widows. And you keep giving to that. And God will take care of it. I don't know what's going to come in today. I know that if we've all listened to what the Holy Spirit spoke to us and we've been obedient, we're going to see the need met. But I want you to know, whatever comes in, I'm celebrating because we're creating a culture of honor and compassion and generosity. And if we create that culture, look out world. Look out world. Also, Jordan and Diane and Dodie and Kim are all at the back to help you with the feed one forms. If you're like, I want to adopt a child every month or I want to add to that, they'll be there, they'll help you. It's real easy. It takes you three minutes, you can get it done. And also the ushers and greeters have the book your next 24 hours. And really guys, if you go to Amazon, it's $19.99. He didn't, he didn't send you the uh, soft cover, he sent you the hard cover. And I just think it just shows the investment that they wanna make into your life. God bless your people. And don't just bless them, bless through them. Move mountains in the spiritual realm on their behalf and through their behalf. God, we ask you in Jesus' name that 670 more children would have hunger annihilated in their life. We just ask you for that. As a matter of fact, we ask that you'll do exceeding abundantly above all we can ask or imagine. And I pray your blessing on your people. I know they have needs. They have bills. They have challenges. I know it. We all do. I know this, God, that when we partner with your heart, you will more than meet the needs that we have. We trust you, Jesus, and we bless you, Jesus. For Christ's sake we pray, amen.